0: Welcome to Politicking with Jason Whitlock, hosted by Curtis Schoon. Good morning, Jason. How are you?
1: Awesome. Here in uh, Los Angeles, Uh, my home away from home, or my former home, uh, for a little short visit.
0: Oh yeah, I know you missed that place. It's beautiful out there, at least it was. Is it still beautiful?
1: I don't know. I'll tell you this, these damn hotels in Beverly Hills Charging full price with uh, one tenth the amenities. <laughs> you know, you can't oh, wow. you get no room service. No, you got to make an appointment to go to the gym. You can't go here. You can't do that. It, it's it looks crazy, but I made it to Wally's, so that was good. That was my first stop. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. oh, they got COVID protocols out there. Heavy, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, I saw where um, Krispy Kreme is offering a donut a day to um, anyone who can prove they've been vaccinated. What do you think about that? Uh, and and that's not a jab at you in any way, Jason. Oh, okay?
1: I, if it was, it's all good. I got thick skin. Okay. I got thick skin and a lot of it. Uh, yeah. Man, it's it's crazy. It, it's it's. We're, if you take the vaccine, we're going to assist you in killing yourself by offering you a donut a day. Look, Curtis, you, you saw earlier this week, maybe it was Sunday or whatever, I just tweeted out that, look, weight loss, exercise, what you eat uh, is the key to combating COVID and combating all the health crises basically devastating the black community. I got savage for that, and it's rigged up in my view. It's like, you know, people that don't follow me coming after me and acting like I have said the worst thing in the world. And if people can't see the clear plan and strategy of the number one thing we should be telling all people, but particularly black people like myself, is hey, that people dying from COVID are overweight and Uh, Maybe it's the obesity that you should attack first. And your immune system, what God constructed, will handle COVID and some of these other things if you give your body a chance. So I'm not really strongly anti-vax. I'm just strongly like, hey, man, what are the long-term solutions for us as black people? I'm talking about myself. I know I have a weight problem. And, you know, it's, it's, and so for Krispy Kreme to this, it's crazy. We'll give you a donut a day, uh, for taking the vaccine. It's like, we're gonna help you kill yourself. We're gonna keep feeding you these donuts. It, it's, it's bad shit crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, a really, um, terrible marketing strategy on their part, you know. Um, I saw a boxer and his father last night, uh, Victor Ortiz Jr. and Senior. Senior was being interviewed, and he mentioned he had had COVID as well as his son, who's a, a, a top top ranked fighter. And he said it, it ravaged them for about three three weeks. And his son just won a fight recently, but he said this was a couple months ago. And it made me think like, man, what what is this thing? Because like you said, obesity is playing a role in the deaths, but I'm hearing accounts of people having COVID more than once and and people who've been vaccinated getting COVID and so on and so forth. So I, I, I again, I agree with you um, as far as like, we definitely need to focus on our health, because I think these are uh, these magic elixirs or whatever you want to call them. They just don't exist. We, as a people, as a nation, we really just have to start taking better care of ourselves, because at the very minimum, it won't hurt to be in shape. No, you know, it <laughs> it won't hurt at all. Now, also in the media, there's been some talk about. Asian lives matter. Um, CNN headline: Asian Americans demand change. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? Do you think? Do you feel like Asians are being targeted, or um, how should I say it? Are they being targeted for attacks, or are they being targeted to be sucked into this progressive woke narrative?
1: I think it's probably a combination of both. Uh, I think that clearly uh, the Democrats want to politicize this issue. You know, first and foremost, the the issue with the gentleman at the spas or at the rub-and-tug uh, massage parlors. That's not Uh, anti-Asian view. I think all the evidence points to that dude having a sex problem and he just snapped and, you know, it probably has more to to do with being cooped up the last year at home. I think everybody's at a high frustration alert and it certainly has to do with his depravity and mental instability. Uh, But as it relates to anti-Asian American violence, Curtis, this is such a loaded, obvious boomerang. And to see Al Sharpton and other people, to see Kamala Harris and whatever percentage black she is, although I guess in this case she's being called an Asian American president, a vice president at this point on on this issue, but to see this coordinated thing from LeBron James. And all the celebrity black influencers, you know, reaching out to their Asian brothers. These people are so stupid because this is a boomerang that's going to hammer black people. The the, the statistics, the evidence, the facts are Asians are the only group who experience violence from an outside group more than they do from other Asians. And so Asian on Asian crime is less, popular is not the right word, less frequent than Black on Asian crime. Every other group, white people attack white people more than any other group, Black people attack Black people more than any other group. There's one exception to that rule, and it's Asian. They get attacked by Black people more than they get attacked by themselves. The stats, the evidence. And so what happened? Everyone's talking about oh, there's a hundred and fifty percent increase in crime against Asians. What happened in 2020, Curtis, to drive that? Wasn't there violence, looting, riots, burning of businesses uh all throughout 2020 over Black Lives Matter? Hasn't there been a long history of Black and Korean tension in uh, Black communities because Asians, Koreans set up businesses uh, inside our community. And so uh, the statistics, the evidence is pretty clear who the Asians, if they have a problem with violence against them, we are going to be the target. We are going to be the culprits we are going to eventually, when the conversation, well, who's attacking it? It's going to come down to us. And so, this shit that they have pulled with this massage parlor stuff uh, will not stand up to facts, logic, reason, evidence. Uh, It's a political ploy. That letter you posted on your social media was brilliant. By the Asian guy that said, "Hey man, we're not gonna be your political pawns." He could have finished the sentence. He could have said, "We're not gonna be dummies like you, like black people. How y'all treat them, and you know, y'all want to come." Because the the letter was based off of uh, some guy reaching out to an Asian guy after this massage parlor thing and expressing to him, "Where where you been all 2020 when this shit was going on? When there was riots?" And the looting and burning of our businesses all over the George Floyd shit, you wasn't calling me. So, I just, as black people, man, we gotta quit allowing these people to play games with us. And, and, and it's, you know, I, I, we got some issues, man. We have bad leadership we have a system that seems to be set up uh, I've, I've always, from the very beginning, the very beginning of Twitter, when they started saying there's this thing called Black Twitter I was like, huh I, I, anything that is good for Black people that becomes popular, white people quickly mimic it, quickly they were culturally appropriate and I was like Until I hear him talking about a white Twitter, I'll never believe black Twitter is a good thing. It's a setup to make us like buffoons and fools and to lead us down a path to our own destruction. And, you know, I I just, and and Twitter's connected to this because all of these influencers are are told, commanded, to run to their social media feeds and promote this lunacy
0: That's undermining and making black people like fools. You know, I describe Black Twitter as when 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 we hear the term Black Twitter, it's not really about black people. It's about black people who subscribe to a particular political ideology, more so than race. Like everything else, um, being black has become synonymous with left liberal. Talking points, and and Black Twitter for the most part seems to be some very aggressive women, with their their simp and gay sidekicks who will attack and insult anyone who does not share the same views as them. But circling back to the Asians, I wanna I wanna play the devil's advocate here with you for a minute. So you said that. Asian on Asian crime is the lowest of every demographic or something to that effect. Is that what you said?
1: I I said that every other group experiences violence at the highest level from people within their group. I think for Asians, what I've read and understand is they're the outlier that they experience violence at the highest level Black on Asian.
0: Okay. See, I would add one caveat to that. I would add reported violence, because Asian societies tend to be closed societies, and they don't really, they, they they have their own structure, man. For the Chinese in particular, I'm not sure about every subset of Asia, but for the Chinese in particular, they have what's called a tong t o n g system. And and they regulate and police their own. And also, a lot of those women who work in those massage parlors, who are in fact prostitutes, not all of them, they're here, some of them illegally, they've been smuggled here. Um, they're, for, they're forced into prostitution. They're, they're like indentured servants or whatever, but they would never go to the police and report that. So it doesn't get tallied up. I, I think every community, Pray on their own more than they pray on any pray on anyone else. Um, when you find a, a dead Italian man in the trunk of a car in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, it wasn't the Puerto Ricans who put him there. It was another Italian. You understand what I'm saying? And, and that's that. That's just how it is, man. You know. But the thing is, what I'm seeing happening is that the victim Olympics. And that's what I call it, the Victim Olympics. It's like everyone is trying to get Victim Olympic gold. And that gold is really that paycheck because there's a whole lot of money that comes along. I think, how many millions was raised already for the um, the, the people in, at the spa in Georgia? There's just so much money that comes along with being a victim. People are incentivized to... Um, not make themselves a victim, because they are victims, but they're almost um, Yeah, man. Like, there's too much. There's, there's a lot of incentive there. So now you're going to see, when you start seeing these numbers and this crowdfunding or GoFundMe or whatever, and and there's millions of dollars, I mean, why wouldn't somebody just say, you know what? I'm, I'm rolling with this too. Pal. I took a loss. I might as well get paid. You know, I think we're incentivizing people to glorify being a victim. And what that'll do, it'll cause people who aren't really victims to try to become one. I mean, there was a husband for the same Georgia spa shooting. His wife was white. She got killed in the spa. He got away. And he was complaining that the police... uh detained him.
1: That guy was Hispanic, Uh, I think. Huh? That guy was Hispanic. His wife was...
0: Yeah, yeah, he's Mexican, yeah. So he was trying to play the Mexican card, like they only did this because I'm Mexican. And I'm like, no amigo, anytime your woman, your wife, girlfriend or anything turns up dead, you are like the natural first suspect. Yo, the worst thing that can happen to any man Aside from the loss of a loved one, is that their wife, spouse, girlfriend, significant other, whatever, ends up dead. You could be on the other side of the country and they'll be looking at you like I wonder if he had anything to do with it. That just comes with police work. It's not, it has nothing to do with you being black, white, Mexican. That's police protocol in those type of cases. But when you know there's money to be had, hell, why not roll with that? You know,
1: I I I love your point about
0: reported crime and
1: and uh, that some of the Asian communities have a very strong system of handling justice themselves, and and uh, that is something I, I hadn't thought about. Uh, I, I will stand on the fact that across all of these urban cities throughout 2020, during the summer of George Floyd rioting, I do think that contributed to the uh, violence that Asians experienced this year. Uh, and and that's why we've seen the uptick in numbers. And I, I, I'm not even specifically blaming all Black people or Black rioters for that uptick, because as we know, Antifa and white agitators have all been a part of it. There's just been a stirring of racial tension all all year, but it's just, it's comical to me that the corporate authoritarian media never addressed what was going on in 2020 with Asians and their uptick in violence against them, Uh, and then all of a sudden, a shooting happens at a massage parlor, a sex addict, uh, does something, and now all of a sudden, oh my God, we have to talk about violence against agents. This shit was going on all summer, and no one wanted to talk about it. A bunch of shit went on all summer that the corporate media did not address, would not address, has not addressed the, the, the ram- any the ramifications of George Floyd chaos. It's the most undercovered thing I've ever seen in the history of the media, and it's not over in terms of we're being set up for this George Floyd trial or Derek Chauvin trial, and more of this chaos, more of this violence. Uh, you know, I keep making the same point over and over and over again uh, when we talk, but I think we're being set up. The real George Floyd, Derek Chauvin drama. You haven't even seen
0: it It, yet. It's on the way. What do you think about the complaints uh, from the the woke crowd about the suspect in in, uh, Georgia being taken alive? It's like you you can't even, you, you can't please some people, man. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Well, you I know, don't. This, is, this is what
1: I say about Twitter. It's, it's there to dumb us down and to make us look stupid. We don't understand. You, you would think, with all the experience we have with law enforcement, we have some understanding of how law enforcement actually works. They, people continue to reference Dylan Rook, the shooter at the black church a few years ago, and why he got Burger King. And again, it, it, it's <laughs> it's clear as day that it's in writing if, if if a suspect like that complained he was forced into a confession uh and was denied food, uh it can throw out his confession and make police work and potential trial much harder. Without they want the confession, they want this thing to to go down as easy as possible. They don't want any kind of trial. And so you follow all of these protocols. And so they took him to a facility that uh, didn't have a working cafeteria at the time that they were interrogated. And so they asked him if he wanted food. He said yes. In order to follow protocol, not give his lawyer anything to push back on, they, we got to get him some food. So they went out to Burger King because their cafeteria, the facility, wasn't up, couldn't prepare him anything. That's why they brought him Burger King to make sure that his confession could not be challenged. that That's the intent. Snopes has been written about plenty, but we think they did it as some sort of favor. They did it to make sure his <laughs> confession was airtight and this dude would go down as easy as possible. But and it keeps getting repeated over Twitter and we keep going for it uh, But and of course with the Georgia shooter and, and uh, the thing that just happened in Boulder, Colorado you take these guys down a lie if you can to make sure you can interrogate them and find out did they have any supporters was there anybody else involved in the crime so they can shut down this shit and so if if these white dudes do this mayhem and then when the police show up, they comply in some sort of way, of course the police are gonna take them alive and, and do the thorough investigation, find out if they had any support, any other outside agitators they need to go get. It, it's it's Twitter man is there to dumb down our conversation and empower the Divisiveness
0: and see that's unhealthy for America. You know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blame it on Twitter solely, because I think what Twitter is doing is putting the, the stupidity on display. Never have so many stupid people been provided a platform to show you just how dumb they are. You know that that's how I'm looking at it. Let me, people who, Let me push back on
1: that when you say you're not going to blame Twitter. We've always had stupid people Curtis,
0: yeah. What man. happened
1: was keep, keep in mind LeBlanc James has 40-50 million Twitter followers wow. and so just think of Walter Cronkite let's say we go back to 1972 and there's an athlete that has 40 million followers on Twitter And then there's Walter Cronkite, the trusted voice in news. Let's say he has 5 million Twitter followers. So LeBron James is now a newsman. He can influence popular thought, American culture, whatever, just as much as a respected, vetted newsman. And I'm not saying Walter Cronkite was perfect, but everybody didn't have a platform. And people that went through a vetting system, had editors, and it was just the information given to the public used to be more responsible than what we have now. But Brian James can get on his Twitter feed and say black people are being hunted down every day by racist white people. And that goes out to 40, 50 million people. You have the media who are stenographers for these high-impact influencers, and the They never question anything the influencers say. They just publish it. They don't put it in context. They don't say, this is lunacy for LeBron James to say this. They just publish. LeBron James says black men are being hunted every day. And so LeBron over Twitter has uh, one of the most powerful voices. And because of the way he's treated by the mainstream media and how they treat his Twitter account, it can all be amplified in these media outlets. His ignorant thoughts and misdirection and it's like I'm pointing out LeBron but I could point to any of these uh, celebrities that are addicted to Nike uh, addicted to China money you know this goes to the Hollywood actors and actresses that need that China money to finance the films and shit that they do and so I do think Twitter is a tool of the major tools, Twitter is a major tools leading to this divisiveness and the dumbing down of American society. We've democratized everybody's voice, and now idiots uh, are just as uh, powerful as journalists. Um, and I just, it's, it, you know, as a journalist, I just think it's a, inappropriate.
0: Yeah, I agree with you for sure. Speaking of celebrities, what's what's the deal with Deshaun Watson? So I read a little bit about it. Um, currently, there's 24 women making accusations and 14 lawsuits as of yesterday. And and typically, right? For me, in these situations, I'm always wondering. You know, it's always a case of a woman being in a a hotel room or being alone with a man at his home or something. And that doesn't mean that she's consenting, but it, it kind of, it makes it more difficult to, to ascertain what exact, exactly happened. I'm meeting with this Deshaun Watson guy that, uh, he's reaching out to masseuses on Instagram. Asking them to focus on his groin area what I mean, what do you think is going on here and <laughs> uh, and this you know unlike a Cosby case that had incidents going back to nineteen sixty nine it seems like these um allegations are fairly recent
1: yeah uh, you put me in a tough spot
0: man because so, but that's my job
1: dude, i i i i'm for- <laughs> transparency and honesty and I'm anti-hypocrisy. Uh, and so you put me in a tough spot. And, and so I'm going to try to keep it real. Uh, being someone who you know, used to be an athlete, but certainly the last 20 years in life, I, I enjoy exercise. Cause I'm, one, I enjoy it. And two, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm fighting that battle constantly and so lifting weights, working out, massages, all very important. All very important. And so okay. I don't I don't have. I don't know any dudes. And I have yeah. been talking about the Deshaun Watson thing behind the scenes with, with friends of mine, uh, like me and I, I don't oh Lord, I would okay. hate a very don't don't any of you that's watching the, Know my friends, or if your wife or one of my friends, I'm not talking about your husband. I haven't been talking to him. Uh, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> I, I've been talking to my single friend. Uh, but uh, look, man, when you get a massage, it, it,
0: I be ended? <laughs>
1: it's always in the back of your mind.
0: It's. Like, I wonder if I can get a happy. It's in the back of your mind. I'm not, I'm not saying for everybody,
1: but for guys I know, and, and uh, you know, it takes a great deal of discipline. Particularly if you're attracted to a masseuse at, at, at all. It takes a great deal of discipline for your mind. And Look, there are cultures uh, that believe in happy ending, that That's part of a massage. And uh,
0: Man, you're teaching me some stuff right now. Yeah.
1: The happy ending, there are cultures global. I don't want to stereotype, so I'm not going to call out the cultures, but anybody that's watching this
0: knows. At the spa. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm
1: talking about, They brought that culture over to America, and that's why their spas are very popular uh, here in America. And so, I, this is what I, I, I'm. Deshaun Watson is reaching out over Instagram in hopes of a happy ending massage. That can be my only take from and it's stupid. And uh, th- there's nobody, an athlete, that he's trying to say, "Hey, look, I got a, a groin issue, and you don't need 24 different suits. You find if it's all legitimate." You find one, and she becomes your regular masseuse. Because, you know, it's hard to find a good uh, massage. It's easy to find a happy ending. It's it's hard to find a good massage. And when you find the right masseuse, you stick with it. When I lived out here in L.A., I had a regular masseuse. And it, it wasn't no happy ending masseuse. It was a damn good uh massage. Came about once every two weeks uh, to to give me a massage, and it was one thousand percent legitimate. Uh, and, and so that's where what the the, the number of masseuses and reaching out to all these different over Instagram you can't find. Instagram is not the place to find a legitimate masseuse. It's just not to find Instagram models and girls that that. Uh, if you get in the middle of a massage and you get a little excited, you, you know, you roll over and, and, and you judge the reaction.
0: Like, is she offended? Or is she man, offended? Jason! You're walking me through this thing, here, man. <laughs> There's nobody
1: real, any athlete, any, that's listening to this, that don't know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so I'm not justified, I'm just speaking honestly because I'm not going to be a hypocrite on here, I'm not going to be phony I'm just telling you what I know uh, and so to me it seems like Deshaun Watson like to get a massage like to roll over judge the reaction and if the reaction is no good he, he he says oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry Mama. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable get the reaction. Because one of these women said that they asked him or that he asked her flat out, what you going to do about that? Asking about his erect, His erection. What you going to do about that? He asked her flat out. That. And if she has said nothing, he's going, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. I didn't mean that. If she says, well, for $300, I'll take care of that. This dude got monopoly money. You gonna whip out three hundred dollars, and he's gonna keep it moving. That's that's Deshawn Watson. That's a lot of young athletes, uh, and and I don't want to. That's a lot of men with money and wealth. And
0: yeah, I, I, I was about to get it, to that. Uh-huh. Does any of that constitute sexual molestation, though? Because we don't know what happened, right? But. If a man is aroused, I'm thinking if you're a masseuse,
1: deal yeah, with it all the time.
0: Yeah, like you know, like well, why just bring it up when it's the the professional athlete or the guy with money? it's Robert Kraft, you know, you, you, if you're a masseuse, look, there was there, there was a male masseuse who brought it up about um John Travolta. John yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like that's part that goes that's part for the course with that occupation. So is that sexual molestation or is that just? they are charged in sexual
1: molestation. That's why it's not a criminal thing. They're in okay. civil. They're in civil, and some of them are saying that he forced them in some sort of way to have. I wasn't there, and uh, so I'm not gonna dismiss these women's allegations. I, I'm just because again I put off when you. Have a hundred and fifty million dollar contract, there's a target on your head, and you need to protect yourself. So I'm not gonna blame these women. I'm gonna blame this irresponsible, uh, arrogant young person who and I'm not trying to demonize uh Deshaun, but when you're two twenty-four, twenty-five and you got a hundred and fifty million dollars, it, it can bait you into doing dumb stuff and make you think you're invincible. Uh but I'm not gonna. I need to hear more from the women where I'm comfortable, uh, saying like they just need to deal with this. Because no, I don't know if they just need to deal with this. Uh, you know, I I need a few more details, and there's so many of them at this point that I arrogance I is, is at the heart of this. Uh, I I don't think these justify criminal cases at this point, and there have been no criminal charges filed. It's just people uh, doing what happened to John Travolta. And again, this is why it's not a racial thing. If you put yourself in that position, you can get charged with these type allegations.
0: Yeah, I, I feel bad for those you know, young men who didn't do anything wrong. And I don't know who's guilty and who's not. I'm definitely not speaking up, defending showing. I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. I just think this is unfortunate. And I think when, when young men or even young women, whoever, come into a lot of money and they don't come from money, they really had nobody before them to to help them understand the pitfalls of being successful around people who aren't successful who don't believe success is within their reach because then you end up with a target on your back or your forehead or whatever, and and nobody has taught them how to navigate that at all.
1: Curtis, I, I don't think it's about specifically coming from money. I, I think, and this goes all the way back to our first Deshaun Watson conversation about what Deshaun Watson and his agent tried to do to Uncle Jimmy For for saying like, hey man, there's a lot of these guys that never had a father and they're not, they don't understand how to handle the situation they're in because they didn't have a father. Sean Watson disconnected from his father, raised by a single mother and and I take my father who uh, again had at times had some money, at times we were broke as fuck. Uh, But my father didn't graduate high school. Street guy. Very smart. Very street savvy. And when I think about all the advice I got from my father that at a young age that I didn't understand, but as I matured, it was like, damn, this dude was brilliant. This dude understood life and the streets and just even... He had no experience in corporate America, but his philosophies actually work in corporate america and uh it just when I see guys missing that that's the you know there's no there's no, they think this is what what cracks me up about you know my critics or just how Conventional wisdom a lot of times is just just stupid uh, and just wrong. But there's no amount of money, no amount of money that will ever make me think that I'm not black in corporate America. And what I see is like, oh, these guys think they got all this money and therefore they're above the rules of black. Or, or just above the rules of, oh well if you got money you can do X, Y, and Z and get away with it white people walk never at any point have I ever thought there was any amount of money that. and so I, I operate from a very paranoid or just like cover my ass mentality and that's from my father that's like I'm going to say something I hope I'm all
0: racist, but it's just... Say it, God it. Let's do it. It's one of my
1: favorite <laughs> sayings. And it basically, it, it's it's an adaptation of something my father told me as a young man. But take my guy, Uncle Jim. Years ago, when he started working uh, for the Sheriff's Department in Kansas City, I, I don't want to all do business, but he got in a little trouble on the job. Uh, misunderstanding a misunderstanding with a white woman that worked there, and so I told him, and it, it's it's words I, I live by. It. I don't. I, there's never been a black man in the history of America who has gotten in trouble for not speaking to a white woman. You can't get in trouble in corporate America for not speaking
0: to a white woman.
1: I've seen many of them get in trouble for speaking to them. And so basically what I was telling, like, I don't want to hear your bullshit, your complaints, and she misconstrued this and blah, 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 blah. I was like, if you had never opened your mouth, all she could say is, Well, you never talked to me. And I go, HR, no one's ever gonna have a problem with you for not speaking to me. And so that's how you avoid and again, this is how I've operated in these spaces and they can't get me. HR-wise. They tried to get me at ESPN. And, and hmm. all,
0: the, all they could get Go ahead. Me, come on. Let's, come on, let's have it, man. All let's they go. could
1: get me on was uh, this little part-time white secretary said I raised my voice talking about it. And it was bullshit. Uh, but that was it. Me trying to reach in anybody's panties or anything like that. Me trying to email or trying to see if you got can't get me on none of that. Because what my father prepared me for, and he was just talking street life and just, but it all applies to corporate America. And that's what I see these guys. They got nobody who's been training them up for how to handle any of this. And again, they don't, it doesn't have to be a guy that uh, has all this experience in corporate America. It just has to be a grown-ass man who has life experience and understands that with, because again, my, my father, when he was on top, when he was doing well in a hood environment and he was hood rich or whatever, he's a target and he knows how you have to operate when you're a target, even in this little ghetto environment. All of that applies to corporate America.
0: Man, you know, the way you talk about your dad, man, if my son talks about me like that after I'm gone, wherever I I will be at that time, I'll be smiling. You know what I mean? But let let me say this about fathers, right? All fathers are not created equally. And you happen to have had an exceptional father. And um, a lot of guys, man, I have a friend who's a professional sports agent, I will not name, and he shared some things with me. He said that, you know, there are teams of women who target professional athletes. I mean they look good, they're gorgeous, they 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 know everything. How the, the nuances of the world, of that world or whatever. Say all the right things, wear all the right clothes, make all the right moves. And they would they would target these young guys and they would they were charging eighty thousand dollars for an abortion. And this abortion, you don't even really know if it's your baby or if they have a baby, but shit, you just wanted to, to go away so quick. You know what I mean? Like, and this was about oh, this was over ten years ago. You know, they they would actually charge eighty thousand dollars for an abortion, right? I, considering the kind of money the guys are getting now, I think that was kind of cheap, but. But anyway, and I'm not promoting any of that, but what he told me was once they started protecting the players, do you know who the women targeted? The goofy-ass uncle, brother, and father. <laughs> they, they wouldn't even go at the players. And I might be mixing up, but they might have wanted 80000 for the abortion from the father or the brother or whoever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because I mean, it's ruthless out there, man, when you got money. And when you give it to people who don't have common sense, I don't want to stereotype anybody, but, you know, your your father was on top of his game at times, and sometimes he wasn't, but he had sense. You know, a lot of these people don't have any sense, right? Are, a lot of them just don't. And it's generational. The grandfather dumb, the father dumb, and of course the kid going to be dumb. He might be able to run faster than a and bullet and jump out the gym, but he ain't got no kind of guidance, no kind of discipline and he and unless he has someone to steer him in the right direction, oh man he's just a mark waiting to be had and that's one thing you know you and I both we 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 criticize LeBron a lot, but I think considering the environment that he came out of family wise, I think he's done a lot to avoid. These type of situations, at least to my knowledge, so somebody's in his ear, giving him good advice because I know he got a bullseye on him.
1: Uh, I don't. I, I agree with you. I think LeBron deserves some credit for handling his situation well. what I will say is, like Tiger Woods, LeBron has Nike. Uh and 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 Nike is one of the most powerful forces in all of American culture, well, and global culture. And when they wrap their arms around you, uh and you're one of their people, they provide you a level of protection uh that's unmatched. And so uh you know, you have to make some huge mistakes like Tiger Woods and shit has to, you know, your wife has to chase you down in a car with a golf club in order for your shit to spin out of control in a way that people are even aware of it. Go go look at people are now saying that uh, this latest crash of Tiger Woods, that you know, that there's some sort of cover-up transpiring and and so I, I just think LeBron... At an early age, he was identified at 13, 14 years old and Nike and other shoe companies targeted him and they got so much invested in him that he receives a high level of protection. Again, he, he certainly deserves credit uh, as well, but you know that level of protection, uh, you know, he, he ain't out here uh, by himself like me and you.
0: Uh, oh operate. man! <laughs> I, I, look, man, I, I don't ever want to be famous, man. You know because <laughs> I, I don't want anybody coming from thirty years ago saying anything things I can't even remember. You know what I mean? I, I, it seems like that comes with the territory. But you know, I, I saw some interesting tweets from Planned Parenthood that I'm going to read to you right now. And one, the first one was shout out to the iconic black women using the power of pleasure as a form of resistance, right? And then the other one was join us as we discuss how the energy of Grammy Award winning Megan The Stallion's Savage Remix and other black women's music is shifting the culture and influencing conversations around sexuality and body autonomy. Are black women being stared in a direction that's anti-family, anti-love, and, and just setting them up to be sex objects? What's going on with why would Planned Parenthood promote something like
1: that? So, the question you just asked was probably first asked in 1752 here in America. You know, are, are black women being sexualized and used as a tool to blah, 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 blah. And and so that's an ongoing thing that's been going on since slavery and certainly since the 1950s and 60s as a reaction uh, to the freedom that uh, America had to surrender to Black people because of the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, The reaction was, destroy the Black family empower the black women, create a matriarchy for black people, destroy the patriarchy, and uh, we're living with the ramifications of that now. There is the black family has been decimated, we have a matriarchal culture, and uh, black women are being uh, faded into, led to, uh, Megan the Stallion. Just take her name, the Stallion. That's oh. a male breeding horse. The Stallion. And so, black women are being made into black men, men- mentally. And again, it was hip- hypocritical. It certainly was hypocritical, but the reality used to be that a man was promiscuous. And women were wholesome and not promiscuous, And now we're telling women that there's power in promiscuity. And uh, we're telling black women that they're the leaders of that. And that's why they had Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B on the Grammys on CBS uh, singing a song about wet-ass pussy. I mean, can you just imagine that? If my grandmother was alive... I'm like, on oh, national TV, they're doing a song called Wet Ass Pussy, and there are women clapping, their black women clapping their vaginas together, or mimicking like they're clapping their vaginas together on national TV. Because we've lived long enough, I know we. this happened before, but there was a big deal when Elvis shook his
0: hips on mm-hmm. national TV. On the Ed Sullivan show, they wouldn't even show it. Yeah, that was they cut it. They cut it off. Yeah. yeah. Now black women are
1: mimicking banging their vaginas together and singing about wet ass pussy on national TV, and uh, so yeah, I think that <laughs> I told somebody this and it, it pissed them off, and this will probably piss them off but I said, but. One of the reasons I don't believe in a matriarchal culture is because we have one here in black America and it's just not working effectively. And so that puts me at odds with where the country's headed and it puts me at odds with virtually everybody uh, because I just, I don't believe in the matriarch. I believe in the patriarchy, and I, I think I've said it. You know, I watched Roots, and the number one thing I took away from it as a little kid was like, "Oh man, Coach Kente went off the manhood training and when he came back home at sixteen, seventeen. His mama had to treat him like a grown ass man. She he was no longer her son." And I I believe in that. And 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 again, I what I, I told you, I'm a, I'm a benevolent dictator, uh, <laughs> and I believe in structure and order, and and again, that's why I'm never going to be popular in the mainstream um, because they want black men feminized and black women uh, masculinized, if that's a word. And it is. And we are happily going down that path, and I see a lot of masculated black men. That and I'm talking. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about black men in marriages that masquerade
0: and yeah, like like Roland Martin. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so you know they don't even want the responsibility of leadership and providing. Bottom line, they don't want the responsibility. They want to be cared for and provided for. uh, You know, I embrace that responsibility. Uh, and probably will until I'm until I die or unable to provide. The,
0: the thing that bothered me the most about those tweets from Planned Parenthood, it's they're promoting behavior that keeps them in business. You see, black people are 14 percent of the population, and black women account for 40 percent of their abortions. Uh, in New York City, last year, two years ago, there was a study, and I'm sure it hasn't changed, that the abortion rate for black babies exceeded the birth rate. So, I, I don't understand what's empowering about what's happening, if that's the outcome and the end game. Perhaps that, that perhaps that's what they're doing. They're trying to encourage these uh Women to think that you know this type of behavior that leads to that outcome is a way of them showing that they have what, what do they call it a uh, body autonomy, I guess you know. But and, I, and 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 for the record, I'm not a um, pro-life or pro-choice person. I, I think that's kind of like um, something that that's up to the woman. Me personally, I have to make sure that I'm not in a position where um I could have children that I don't want. So I have to protect myself. I'm not going to try to dictate anything to the woman when I can just make choices for my own, myself. But I- I've talked to women who've had abortions and um there's some psychological damage done to some women who go through that process. And that's why I think, you know, I think women need to have a really serious discussion with each other about that. Because there are things they go through that you and I can't relate relate to. And I don't think enough women are coming out and and sharing those experiences. And then you have people like Planned Parenthood promoting one side of the equation. And that's just my thoughts on that.
1: I'm going to, I've been transparent enough, so I'm going to leave the abortion uh, debate alone today. I'm, I'm not pretty, pretty <laughs> I've, yeah. I've been pretty transparent throughout this podcast. I'm going I'm to step aside on this one.
0: Yeah, because that, that's that's a landmine right there, yeah. bro. You know, look, we'll we're, we're go viral. Speaking of going viral, did you see the foolishness in Miami from over the weekend. Uh, and, um,
1: yeah, I did. How, how,
0: much, how much of that is, um, is promoted through hip hop culture, whatever that is? Because it wasn't always like that. We know that.
1: Mm. Like, you remember the frequent?
0: Yeah, but that was in the '90s. We didn't have that in the '70s, pre-pre hip hop. Did we have this kind of activity going?
1: Freepick goes '80s, and and uh, I'm pretty sure it does, because it, it, it seemed like when I was in college, the freaknik and so uh, you know this level of debauchery and just uh, the violence that we saw, the women, because like a brawl featured a bunch of women, right? Uh, yeah, man.
0: Just, just, just wow. Yeah.
1: And so it, it, look man, America has been stripped of all of its religious principles. And people think that religion serves no purpose or that religion is the enemy of happiness Freedom or religion is, it, it it helps you stay between the lines. It helps, it, it's a reminder of, you know, a dignity and a way you want to present yourself that brings honor to yourself, your family, your community. And, and again, when we've already talked about the decimation of the family structure. And so, as as black people, we're not connected as a family anymore. And and I say this, Curtis, just if you remember in the 70s in particular, I think all the way up through the, through the 80s, as black people, when we would be out in public and we saw each other, even if, if I was walking down the street, now maybe it was different in New York. I'm just to tell you how it was in the Midwest. If I was walking down the street or walking through the mall, in the 70s and 80s, and I saw another black person, man or woman, give a little head nod. Just a real little quick head that you see them, they see you. Just head nod of respect. And we have now, because there's no connectivity between us, we now mean mug each other from across the world. And and we uh we're pitted against each other, and so I look at, this is one of the things that just drives me crazy about Black Lives Matter. It drives me crazy about athletes and leading all these discussions between the police and the black community on how we can get along. And (laughs) and I'm just like, who is helping black people to get along with each other? Where are the athletes like, hey man, I want to sit down and put some clothes or just black, young black men in general, and have a discussion about how can we get along with each other? How can we uh, better collaborate, business, on any of that? Instead, we're out trying to fix our relationship. How can we get along better with the police? I don't engage with the police on a daily basis.
0: I'm not even sure if I engage with them on a monthly basis. I I, I just, daily basis. I, well, here, I engage with black men
1: and black people on a daily basis. I need to repair that relationship. That's the primary relationship and there's nobody working on it. And so when I look at Miami Beach and just like that senseless violence and, and I just look and go, and we're sitting around worried about how we get along with the police and how we get along with each other is going to significantly impact our murder rate. If we improve our relationship with the police, we may drop the death of black men by one one thousandth of a percent. If we address black people getting along with each other, maybe we can have a 10 percent, 20 percent impact on how many black men get murdered per year. Uh, But there's no interest in that. Our whole life, our whole public social media, media life is built around our engagement with white people. And that's all we want to talk about. Craziness it goes on amongst <laughs> ourselves. We want to pretend like that shit is zero.
0: I posted that video yesterday and someone said, You act like uh, you're no better than the mainstream media because other cultures do this too. I, I don't give a damn what other cultures do. Like, what the fuck they got to do with anything? Like, yo, no, man. White people live in some black people have rent free all the time. Their only defense of anything wrong that you point out we do is to say, well, they're doing it. It's almost childlike. You know, like when you catch a kid and they say, but he did it too. Who gives a damn? Your ass is who's in the crosshairs right now. You shouldn't have been doing that. We'll get around to him and we might not have to because his mother and father need to deal with him. I'm dealing with you. You understand what I'm saying? It's 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 the most bizarre thing. Anytime they start with this this comparison, yeah, white people do a uh, you know vile things too. Or they do this. Look, man, we're trying to clean our house up. We ain't worrying about what's going on in our neighbor's house. And speaking of which, neighbors. Let me let me add to your. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> If if
1: that is true, if that argument is true, why do we see it as a sign of success that as soon as we can move into an all white neighborhood, that's a sign of success that you made it. The the elect the if white people were doing all the same shit we were doing, why are we beating down uh, every wall and door possible? to make it into their world, into their neighborhood. And just get out of cars. Look, man. So they're look, fine. The whole thing's a lie. You're going
0: you to get you Look, they're going to be mad at me, man. I know people who will go to a white neighborhood to buy gasoline because <laughs> they swear the gas is better. <laughs> it's not you watered down. <laughs> like it's
1: over in a white neighborhood. It's colder.
0: Hey, you see how cold Look, <laughs> <here? laughs> Look, they go shopping where white people shop. They think the prices are better, the quality's better. You know. I you will say it. this: if you get
1: the vaccine,
0: you know right? go
1: get it in a white neighborhood. <laughs> yo, know, look,
0: yo, yeah, man, it's it's just it's I've, shot in. <laughs> look. I've learned to tune a lot of black people out. Listen. Look. I've learned to tune a lot of Black people out, man. Some of them aren't even worthy of response. And and another thing that I've picked up on, it took me a while, and that's my fault. People speak from the position of their experiences. And when people have very limited experiences, they're going to have a very limited understanding of the world. And so when when, when your experiences are like this wide and you're talking to people whose experiences are this wide, they're not really gonna understand what you're talking about. They're gonna try to frame it into their world and it's not gonna fit. So you're kinda like wasting your time talking to them. Unless you wanna like take yourself back to the time when you were in their parameters. And eh, I don't have time for that man. You know? But 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 anyway man the border. What's going on at the border, and how can this affect, impact the black community?
1: Well, uh, obviously, I, I, I think the border crisis and just the Democrats or Biden and them just inviting uh Basically, everybody run to the border. We're going to make you legal immigrants. And uh, we're going to totally, we're going to take a 180 from Trump building the wall. Uh, it's a strategy to me. Uh, to I, I think Biden, the Democratic machine, knows that their stranglehold on the black vote is weakening, and eventually... You think so? Yeah, I think they know that it's weakening, <clears throat> but also I think that uh, look, in their minds, the illegal immigrants, uh, the, the cheap labor that they provide here in America, it's like happy with their roles. America. We've got a very specific role. We want illegal immigrants to play. You're going to be cheap labor. Uh, and you're going to be happy about it. That, that's the mentality of the Democratic Party. And we had a group called Black Americans that had been happy playing this role. They're no longer happy playing this role. Uh, They haven't assimilated. And they're the weak link in America. And eventually, for survival, uh, people cut off the weakest link and the people that won't play their role. (coughs) And uh, I think the the left has decided black people are the weak link. Uh, Mm. They're not satisfied with their role of cheap labor. And we can replace them. And it'll take, it's a 30-year process, 20, you know, maybe they're 10 years into that process and there's 20 years left, but, uh, or maybe there's only 10, 15 years left in that process. Uh, But that's what this is all about. And and black people uh, are slow to realize what's going on. We're asleep at the wheel. We're so caught up in uh, these racial distraction games and who gets to piss at Starbucks and, uh, you know, all all the whatever little stupid racial game that they play. But we can't even see we're being eliminated as a force. Our role had been, and this is for for conservative white people, we had been America's moral conscience. And our pursuit of freedom made America better. That's been our role. Our, us pursuing freedom since the 1600s, 1700s is what forced America to live up to the ideals that they put in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution. And we increase freedom and we're the moral conscience for America. And for people on the left or whatever, we cheap labor or reliable vote. And we were happy with our menial roles. And we've abandoned religion. So conservatives look at us like, man, they they not abandoned. Heathens. They're heathens, heathens. son. <laughs> and like? what do they stand for? What, wow. what do we stand for? It's like, wow, but they every principle, we will abandon the politics. And then again, I say the left looks at us like, they're violent they they don't want these jobs that you know we had designed for them, and they're not happy and so we're gonna work with a few a handful of them we're gonna discard the rest, and uh, we're gonna replace them with illegal immigrants from the south. That's how I see it
0: <laughs> oh boy. You said you said a lot, man um, the weak link, so we are the designated weak link, and we're to be cast off. Is that at the at the core of why the black family is under attack and black women are being celebrated for behavior that is counterproductive to family? Is that why Goldman Sachs is pledging $10 billion to one million black women, to invest in one million black women? Is that why everything is for black women and nothing for black men? Does that in effect undermine the black family and expedite the very process you just described?
1: No question about it. Unless somebody, and again, you're talking to somebody that uh, believes in the patriarchy, believes that there's, <clears throat> you know, that the Bible and, and the Christianity teaches that there's a circle for God, the man to woman, that uh, has been broken completely uh, for black people and that I just think anybody with an understanding of history knows that this, and particularly any understanding of Western civilization, that the, the the disruption of the black nuclear family, which Black Lives Matters put in writing, that's what they were for. Not the word black, but disruption of the nuclear family. You call yourself Black Lives Matter, so that's meaning disruption of the black nuclear family. That's that's a death certificate. That's a a prescription for death of your society, culture. It, it, It just won't work. And there's no proof of it working anywhere throughout the history of mankind. To my understanding, I'm very open to listening to anybody that can point to me and say, well, actually, there was a society in twenty what <laughs> B C or blah 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 that this did work. If you can show it to me, I will listen. And I might even jump on board. But at this moment I'm unaware of, of that society that can be built without a strong family structure. Uh with a man at the head of that family structure. And I'm not gonna apologize uh for saying that. And so, you know, I think there's gonna be a handful of uh, black women, the Oprahs of the world and who, her little underlings or whatever, they're going to thrive. Kamala. Yeah, Kamala is going to thrive in the future and uh the Black men, because again, there's no you won't hear any corporations billions of dollars directed at Black boys because Black boys are the most vulnerable. Go look at the test scores, go look at achievement scores for black boys. It's at the bottom. Black women are outpacing. Black girls are outpacing black boys. but All the help is being directed at black girls and it it just it doesn't make sense. And anybody that raises a hand and says it doesn't make sense risks the wrath of black women who might be your black wife, who might be your black mama, or sister, or auntie, or former best friend, blah, blah, blah. You, if you speak, hey, what about us? And blah, blah, blah. And, and if you question any of that, you could be cut off, and you could be demonized. And you're a misogynist, and, you're the, and any of your crimes, and we all have crimes, and what I mean, we all have sin. And if you mm-hmm. can and will be used against you. And the, the reason why I speak more honestly and transparently is because I'm single. I don't have a wife. And so a lot of my sins, I can say, hey, man, I'm a single man. Uh, you know, uh, and and people can't hold that against me. You know what they will hold against me is like, Hey, Jason says he's a Christian, and you know, I I know some people in Vegas that have seen Jason here or there, or blah blah blah. It's all true. I've never (laughs) (laughs) denied. I'm just a man. I'm not a finished product, and you know, I have been a lustful sinner. but,
0: oh man, I feel like a priest right now. We confession. <laughs> What's going on? I've
1: been confessing these sins. This is why they
0: can't get because I cop to my sins, Curtis. I am.
1: I'm, I'm Jimmy Whitlock's son, man. My father was a son. street dude, man. Um, you know, his friends were my idols, and they all love pussy. And I'm just keeping. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just keeping it real, and you know, hopefully they wives, their ex-wives, ain't watching this widows they have
0: gone now, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, it, it, it would be good if the black women realized how their elevation was was either by design or inadvertently undermining the black man and, and by so doing undermine the black family, and Black community. You know, it would be good if they would circle back after they get all these these rewards and accolades and be like, let's build our community. And I think some do. I definitely don't want to uh, generalize and paint everyone with a broad brush, but I see far too many who idolize the Meghan Markle's, Serena Williams and... Uh, Kamala Harris's of the world, they're not circling back, bro. They're moving on. And that's leaving black men. If black women, when they make, if it's their turn, right, to to be invested in, if they don't turn around and reinvest in the black community and they decide to move on, because as women, they look at men who don't, you can't match their earning uh, potential or capabilities as as not a good fit, and, and every woman has a right to feel that way. When they move on, then what happens with us? <clears throat> what 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 happens with the community? Well, it's
1: done. It, it and again, the investment in them, Curtis, started 60 years ago. So the investments have been made. Now that you know, maybe they're cutting bigger checks, but oh yeah. The, the investment has been made and I like your point about moving on. They are. I am I'm, I'm not I'm not even gonna blame Megan Markle, Serena Williams, Kamala Harris. I'm gonna blame us as men. We have been cowards. We've laid down, man, and uh gotten on board with this shit and oh yeah, uh so I blame us. It's it, it, it's we are so far removed. We, we won't stand on anything, man. Any, we will if you if you if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And that that to me describes us to a T. We 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 we, we won't we don't stand for anything, so we fall for anything we've fallen for the matriarch. You know, we the yas queens of the world. Yas. And Katie <laughs> would see that but. we've been separated and, and look, I, 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 we've been so separated from our traditional beliefs and values and and it's. I don't blame the women. I I, I blame us. It, you know, at the end of the day, if and I'm putting myself right in there. Don't don't think I'm distancing myself or or you know like I'm better than everybody else. Um, uh, I'm not. You know, it is. I've made some decisions that, you know, I'm not the ideal role model. I you know. I should be married with kids and and which would give me more credibility when I make the stands that I make. If if, if I had the the great black family, I i I would be a better spokesman for the issues that I I believe in and stand for. And so this, <clears throat> this that there's there's sacrifices you have to make and be willing to make. If you want to be a leader or a force for positive change, I haven't made all those sacrifices. I made some, and and uh, but not enough, and and so I can't just sit here and beat up black women. When I think we as men are a big part of the field.
0: I agree with you a hundred percent. All of us, like you said, myself included, we shoulder some of that. Um, that Responsibility, but speaking of Yas Queens, man, let's pivot to uh Roland Martin, right? So, Roland Martin he interviewed a young man who follows me on Twitter. His name is uh, I think King it's King Randall, emerging. yeah, King Randall, yes, and I had not known that Roland had called this young man an idiot because he promoted doing for self. This young man at 19 started working with kids in his neighborhood community in, I believe, Albany, Georgia. And uh, at 21, he's bought a school or something. He's opening up a school. He and his, his friends or colleagues or what have you. And I I haven't I haven't seen the school or anything. I, I, I don't know, you know, how elaborate, how far along he is, but it doesn't matter. He's twenty one and he's doing things that uh a lot of people twice his age wouldn't even attempt. Why call the man an idiot? Why not encourage him? And if you have some doubts about the veracity of his claims, do your due diligence. And if, in fact, he, it's accurate, get behind this young man. He—he he, The problem Roland had with him, I believe, is that it was a school for boys. See, and that's why I call Roland a gas queen. Roland is one of these neutered, Black men that'll get out here and say and do anything to conform with this left narrative that clearly, clearly has not just overlooked uh, Black men, but has in many ways vilified us and, and rewarded Black women for doing the same. What kind of man would stand in agreement with that agenda?
1: Look, you call them Negro wranglers, and you know I call them overseers. And uh, Roland is—he's uh, not a high-paid Negro wrangler. He's—he's he's a freelance Negro wrangler and or overseer, and his job is to make sure that. All black people stay on message with the left agenda. That's whatever crumbs that are thrown his way, that's where the crumbs are coming from. Uh, can you get black people to stay with the left, LGBTQ agenda and any left agenda, the transgender agenda, any of that, that's his job. And so you're right. An all boys school that's not part of anything anybody that's trying to teach black boys how to be black men and be responsible and to be leaders and providers in their communities that's a hey we're you know it's his job to knock that down and uh make sure that we stay with the left agenda and and so. I agree with you. I saw the King Randall thing on your timeline and looked him up and I've now followed him and was like, I'm actually kind of inspired. that There's a 21-year-old out there like that. And it it made me think of uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Why can't I think of the the guy's name? Who was the... Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. and It made me think, well, because he was only 20, 21. It was like, oh, so, you know, here this kid is on the other side of the agenda at 2021 20, trying to be a leader. Uh, you know, let's, let's. and I've reached out, there's a high school football coach in Albany, Georgia, that I've reached out to, like, hey, have you heard of this King Randall? And I got him trying to do some homework. I want to find out what the kid is about and, and see if, you know, we can throw some support behind him because we need young voices like that uh, I, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be able to call the kid a sellout in any way. Uh, and, you know, I would love to empower a, a voice like that. And, but, you know, it's Roland's job to beat that voice down. And, and you know, that's what he's going to do. That's
0: how, he yeah. <laughs> I, 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 look and he eats too. I, I look, I, I, I looked at Roland with that. That kente cloth. I mean, he's he's such a cultural clown, Roland. I hope you're looking at this. I really do. And and, and I'm in D.C. all the time, just like you. I mean, he's despicable, man. I, I, you know, I, he got this this kente cloth imported from China. He's the
1: so Curtis. They, they they he's a freelancer right now. He he he's not.
0: Oh, he,
1: you know, dude got a half million tweets, man.
0: He's... <laughs> a half million tweets. Somebody did the math on that, and they said that that would be 113 mm-hmm. tweets per day for over 18 years. This man has no life. There you go. But it, what is his wife doing when I he's I think she's
1: tweeting? a minister or something. And
0: yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, you, you know, look, man, Roland. If you see this, you can kiss my ass, okay? <laughs> and and that's the end of that. That's the, all the time we're going to spend on rolling. Anyway, Jason, listen, man, it was good. I know you're in L.A. You got business to take care of. Uh, handle your business, man. And I look forward to doing this again next week. All right, bro? Yep. All right. Take care. Share, subscribe, and like our YouTube channel to get alerts for new episodes. And stay tuned for schooltv.com. The media site is coming.